0: Just Me, a place to be me, where you get to experience life. Life is a journey, not a guided tour. If you want the rainbow,
1: you have to go through the rain. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Just Me. As you all know, that this month is breast cancer awareness month. And today we have a special guest. And her name is Nora Jones. And Nora Jones is the founder of the Sister Network of Greensboro. Today, she's going to tell us how the organization started and the resources that are here in Greensboro.
2: Hello. Welcome, everyone. Before we jump into the conversation with Ms. Jones, just want to shine light on some uh, statistics that one in eight women will develop a diagnosis of breast cancer. And Amongst Black women under the age of 35, we are two times more likely to develop breast cancer in comparison to our white counterparts. However, we are three times more likely to die from breast cancer than our white counterparts. So some of this information kind of shines light on the importance of the resources that are out there for women and men who have received a diagnosis of breast cancer. And how this network, this agency works to increase information and increase access to care within the minority communities, increase speaking engagements, increase discussions about topics that kind of go by the wayside when a survivor is dealing with the day-to-day trials and tribulations of survivalhood, including self-image, intimacy with their spouse, all. So provides financial support because regardless of whether a person has health insurance, there are still unmet financial strains that are definitely creating further stress on the families, including child care, including transportation to different doctors' appointments. And this agency also provides that emotional support, not only for survivors but also for their loved ones, their spouses, their caregivers. So
3: without further ado, Miss Nora Jones. Thank you. Glad to be here. I am a 12-year breast cancer survivor. I'm gonna start off with that. We use it. So glad that um there's so many more survivors today because we all know that one in eight women will be diagnosed with breast cancer in their lifetime. Sisters Network Inc. For those who don't know the history of this organization, was founded in 1994 in Houston, Texas by Karen Eubanks Jackson, who is the CEO. And the primary motivation for starting Sisters in Everett was to break through the barriers of barrier of silence and shame of breast cancer that prevents African-American women from receiving support services, interferes with early detection, and ultimately affects our survival rate. So um, there are currently 23 chapters nationwide. We have two in North Carolina, Greensboro, of course, and the durham (laughs) raleigh group. And we um, do a lot of outreach in the community. But first, let me go back. The Sisters Network Greensboro chapter was founded in 2010, and I became the founding president at that time. I had been looking for a group that had more women of color in it, uh, in the area, and I was impressed that Sisters Network was run by survivors. Every, Every major officer has to be a survivor, but our group does have members who have never been diagnosed with breast cancer, and they're called associate members. These are women who support the work, and we do appreciate our associate members. So our chapter started in 2010 and we had only had a board of seven members at the time. Now we have 56 members on the roster and many more uh, supporters in the community. And these are some of the things that we hope to do to make a difference with survival for people of color or women of color. Uh, we And we do uh, we are concerned also with men. Men do get breast cancer, but at a much lower rate. We host mobile mammography events. We have one coming up next month, November 12th at St. Philip A.M.E. Zion Church, 1330 uh, South Ash Street in the Warnersville community, where the women can come out to the church and get their mammograms. If they don't have insurance, Sisters Network will pay for it. So we don't want anybody to miss this opportunity to get a free mammogram if you need one. If you have insurance, of course, you will be covered anyway. And every woman who shows up will be given a special gift bag with a lot of goodies in there. We have exhibitors like Mary Kay and Oak Street Health. We're going to have a lot of people out there. And that will be a walk, too. For those who want to walk for breast cancer, November the 12th is the day you should show up at St. Philip A.M.E. Zion Church. Also, we have an annual breast cancer symposium where we have position speakers to talk to the people in the community about advances in treatment for breast cancer and survivorship issues. This past June, the issue was uh, achieving sexual intimacy after breast cancer treatment, which is a really big topic, uh, and it generated a lot of yeah. interest. yes. And we also offer financial support for women going through treatment and if you're in survivorship for rent, utilities, and food. A lot of times it's not just about the breast cancer, but people have other struggles when they're going through treatment. And then the big one, you can't put a price tag on this, is emotional support. People know that they can call us. You can talk to someone who's been there, done that. And I'm going to appointments with patients. Uh, We talk to the family members. A lot of husbands call me and want to know what they can do. How can they support their wives? So that is a big deal to get that emotional support. We also provide gift packages to women who are newly diagnosed. And this includes information about how to talk to your physician and other information on breast cancer. So um, that's pretty much what we do. We have a lot of speaking engagements, especially during the month of October. We go to basketball games. A lot of people um, ask us to participate in health fairs, and we are very happy to do that as well. So that is the gist of what we do with Sisters Network.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. That's all-encompassing. So thank you so much, Ms. Nora. Um, I know your time is very valuable. What would you say are some of the the barriers to a lot of women getting that access to support and or help or diagnoses, any of those things when it comes to ethnicity, when it comes to culture, when it comes to all of the above.
3: Well, Sisters Network Inc. has done a lot of uh data search on some of the uh reasons why women of color are dying at almost twice the rate of white women for breast cancer. That's true. So we're trying to make a difference, but some of the reasons include um, delay of treatment. And a lot of times, especially if you're young, a young woman of color, you may go in, and, and this is true. There was one a young woman who went in at age 24, and she was told that you're young and you're black. You don't have to worry about breast cancer. She was delayed treatment for a year, and when she was finally given a biopsy, because they had insurance, they had insurance, but the doctor kept saying, well, she's too young to get a mammogram. So when she finally got a biopsy, she was at stage four, and she died at 28. So we're trying to uh, make sure that uh, women are being educated about um, their risk and if they find anything what to do, and hopefully now, hopefully they know that there is the Sisters Network chapter here that will advocate for them. Mm-hmm. Because it is intimidated to go into the healthcare arena and um, maybe not have the script, maybe not feeling as confident. Some women have said, I'm on Medicaid. I don't have a right to ask a question. That's, a, that's not a true. That's, that's not a, true. You are a human being and you're entitled to the best health care just like anyone else. Yes. Yes. And also, most of the women, uh, there's a great percentage of African-American women who get breast cancer who are single. And that means you don't have any support at home, may have children. I've heard women say that the minister at their church sometimes goes with them to appointments. But whomever it is, you need that lifeline, people to help you get through it. So that's another reason why we don't do as well. And also there is racial bias. Believe it or not, there are women who say the doctor still, uh, some doctors will not even touch them, uh, will not touch their breasts. I get reports, feedback on this a lot. Mm -hmm. They won't call them by their name and won't look them in the eye. So you go there and a lot of women just give up because they feel like the doctor doesn't care about them. This. So it, it really, it, there are a lot of things, and insurance is a biggie. If you don't have insurance, uh, <clears throat> it makes a difference at, uh, in what the level of quality of care is that you receive if you don't have insurance. So those are some of the things that you have been dealing with, mm-hmm. with women of, uh, of color. And men get the same thing. I talked to one African-American man. He said he was one of two men who got breast cancer in Winston-Salem years ago. He went in and he was told that you're, a, you're an ex-Marine. You don't have to worry about breast cancer. And so he just, it's just a census. Don't worry about it. But it kept growing. And his wife kept saying, you need to go back to the doctor. So a lot of times people are put off. Mm-hmm voices are silenced unfortunately yes yes so they need to get a second opinion don't be afraid to get a second opinion if something doesn't feel right you know you need to make sure that you're getting the right advice in terms of your medical treatment
2: i want to go back thank you so much all of those factors are very important i want to go back to what you said a little bit um the delay in treatment and the racial bias is a very systematic thing that we as a community need to continue to push that push that envelope and you know challenge a lot of the health insurances um, and a lot of the the medical providers that we come into contact with on a daily basis but one thing that she said that kind of stru- uh, stood out to me was the the social support that sometimes um, an individual who and this is from reports of other, um, other, other dialogues that have happened with survivors, is that support is a very important component of the survival journey. But so many individuals feel as though they're not worthy of that support or maybe not concerned with the voice that they may have to say, hey, I need help. So can you talk a little bit about that, the importance of the social support and how that helps an individual carry on through that journey
3: well as i said previously there is no price day for the social support that's how i kept pursuing it because i went to the support group at the local cancer center and i did not feel welcomed um so i knew that i this wasn't going to be for me uh, in fact, one lady said, are you coming back? I said, uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, I mean, why would I come back where I didn't feel welcomed? I mean, they didn't even ask me my name. <laughs> mm-hmm. No. Uh, and of course, for women of color, prayer is essential. You can't pray, you mean know, you can't talk about religion. But in our group so far, unless we get people of other religions so far, we do pray for each other and uh, we do uh, we are very close. We are like family. So if something happens to you, even anybody in your family, Sisters Network will be there for you. And that's what I like about the group. It's not a group that you stay in for a year or two. It, this is for life. I mean, we are a family. So, um, But I do know that there are some women who are not ready. They are not accepting. And so we back up until such time as they're ready to receive the help. They got to be willing to accept it. And uh, (laughs) so that sometimes that's an issue, but uh, I'm patient and and we all are patient. So when they're ready, we're ready to take you on. Others come fully ready. Uh, I want to talk to you. I want to call. I want to do this. And a lot of them are in treatment. They don't have any hair and they come out and they want to participate. They are uh, already willing to give back. And that's great,
2: Miss Nora. What would you say to someone who is on the fence? Like they they may be ready, but they're not ready to receive or um, jump into that social support. That it sounds like is an a important asset to that journey.
3: Mm-hmm. You know, I send cards all the time. Um, People who know me, they probably laugh. I I can't help it. If I go into a store, I will look for greeting cards. And that is what I do. I will send greeting cards like, hey, I'll put you on my list. This is a person who is hard, hardcore. You know, they're not ready. Send a card every other week. And eventually, the results come. One lady told me, she said, I have saved every card that you ever sent. I didn't realize that she was saving them, but that made a difference to her because she knew if I sent it, I was thinking about her, right? And I was concerned. So, but, and at the right time, she started calling me, texting, and now we have a good relationship. We have only met in person one time, (laughs) but we have a good relationship through um, social media and uh, other ways we've connected. Yes, but it, it took a while, but that's okay. For her to check yeah. A lot of people don't trust, but after a while, yeah. Everybody's journey is different,
2: um, depending on what they've experienced in their past life, um, in not their past life, this life, but in the past. So trust may be a significant challenge. So this element in your journey is no different as far as trust, but working on those different avenues to to receive that that support is very important.
3: Exactly. Yes. So I don't give up. I'm very persistent. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> except for one lady told me that she felt she was being stalked. I said, no. <laughs> no, because we said <laughs> <laughs> So I thought that was, I've never heard anybody say that before. But she said she didn't know anybody uh, knew her new address. But we don't do anything without being asked. And one of her relatives, see, that's the other thing. Mm-hmm. Mothers and daughters and everybody calls a help my sister, my my mother. Um, so it's not always the person, but it's the people around them who are concerned and want them to get the help that they need, that they may not even realize they need. And that's what happens. Mm-hmm. What would you say to women who
2: maybe feel um, as though their journey within their diagnosis isn't as severe, severe as somebody else's? Um, I know I work with a couple of women who say, hey, I mean, I found out that I was um, had breast cancer, but it isn't as bad as someone who may be far along with stage four, stage five. So what do you say to women who may feel insecure that their their diagnosis isn't as bad as someone else's, but still struggle with that, that support and that continuation of the journey?
3: Well, that may be true. They may not have breast cancer that is as severe as another. Every person's uh, treatment, journey, diagnosis, everything is different for each individual. Um, But I, you know, me personally, I don't trivialize breast cancer. If you've had breast cancer, they call it a chronic condition. You may get it again. Um, We have women in our group who've had it three times. Karen Jackson, the CEO, has had it four times. So you have to be ready for that reality that you may develop breast cancer again. But knowing that when you look at the women in our group and somebody said, you all don't look like breast cancer survivors. I said, what does a breast cancer survivor look like? <laughs> it's, uh, right. They said, you all look good. I said, but, you know, we've, we've had a been through, but we've come out of it. Okay. And that's the main thing that you stick with it and, you know, um, know your risks. Take care of your body, and and then you know whatever happens. You remember the expression: it's not so much what happens, it's how you deal with it. Yeah, right? how you approach it. So that's the thing. So um, I like women whom I call, and they said, "I've got this. I have my faith. I'm gonna. I, I like my doctor, and I'm gonna f- do what he tells me to do, and I'm gonna get through it." A lot of them come with positive uh, attitudes, and, and that really helps them. Yes. Absolutely. That 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 spirituality,
2: but then also that element of social supports, um, whatever it may be. So it doesn't have to be just strictly religious and spirituality. It it can be a gamut of different things um, because we all have different facets of our life and we all need different supports. So whatever that includes in order to help you with your journey to continue on.
3: Correct. Correct. And by being your sister's network, um, we help each other in a lot of ways. And women who've lost their hair, we we also have a lady in there who, who has her own, uh, beauty shop. So we get a lot of tips on how to deal with the hair issue, um, skin care. So you got a lot of people you can, who can give you advice. Yeah, too. too. Cause, After you finish breast cancer treatment, a lot of people feel that's the end, but you've got ongoing health Mm -hmm. issues that you may have to deal with, like lymphedema, just uh, loss, dealing with your body image. Mm -hmm. A woman told me she stayed and would undress in the closet for six months after her mastectomy, because she didn't know how her husband would accept her. Mm -hmm. And then when she decided that that was it. She actually showed it. She said, "This is who I am. I want you know. You got to deal with it." And he said, "Well, I didn't marry you for your breast." And he said, "Come here. <laughs> and then, you know, showed her the love." He said, "It doesn't matter to me. You know what's inside." And so a lot of women have those issues, and we can talk about it in the Sisters Network because there's so many women in there who can give you support, advice uh, about. Issues that you know and lingering. You're not done. You're not done after the treatment. There are a lot of things you still have to deal with. Mm -hmm. And
2: I I like I like that because everybody needs a tribe, a tribe where they feel connected with, a tribe where they feel um there are people who share similar struggles and similar accomplishments, similar successes, because a lot of times we try to link on to different avenues that maybe, or we try to force ourselves to in, embark on different avenues that maybe aren't sharing the same type of struggles or supports as us. And sometimes that can be very limiting, but it sounds like with Sister Circle that it is, excuse me, excuse me, Sister's Network, that it is a very specific group, but all encompassing because sometimes those, those struggles go very silenced. Like you said, with the body image um, changes in what you feel like your identity is as a, a woman, as a man, as a person of color, as a <laughs> as a, a mom or a dad in any of those things. Those are some of the residual impacts of being a survivor of breast cancer. Yes. And you need support with that.
3: Mm-hmm. Yes, you yes. do. Uh, you need to be uh, reaffirm. Being in sister's network is affirming because you can look at us and say, "Okay, we've all been through it, um, and some, like I said, for three terms, and we're still here. We're still doing making our uh, changes in our lives." Um, I talked to one lady. She said, and the doctor told me this years ago that, I, years after treatment i may look at breast cancer and say this is one of the best things that ever happened to me well you know i want to smack her but how can you say that <laughs> <laughs> but then i l- realized later that when you get okay i guess cancer in general but we're talking specifically about breast cancer mm-hmm. have you going to have a different perspective about your life hmm yeah. One lady told me she said, if I hadn't had breast cancer, I wouldn't be doing X, Y, and Z. I mm. just feel like I got to do some things now. I got to keep it moving. I and and we did a seminar on that or symposium called Post Traumatic Post.
2: Oh, Miss Nor, you took the word right. Listen, are you a mind reader? <laughs> no. I think you are a mind reader. No. Yes, ma'am, you are, because you took the words right out
3: of my mouth. No. Oh, my goodness. I was going to ask you about that. Go ahead. So we uh, had um, one of the people from the uh, UNC Charlotte to come and speak to our, our at our seminar about that. People going through trauma, but they're coming out on the other side doing like one lady finished college and went back to college to finish and get her degree. Uh, others are doing many different types of things, traveling, exploring, uh, finding new perspectives on their lives, and not just being limited to what they were doing. And they all
1: said, if it hadn't been for breast cancer, I wouldn't have done this. Isn't that amazing? Yes. yes. I had a client that said that recently, recently also, that breast cancer was the best thing that happened to her. because. Before breast cancer, all she knew was her family and the traumatic experiences that was happening within her family that affected her. So once she received the, the cancer diagnosis, she noticed that her family was not a healthy support for her during that present time. And she was able to step out and link to resources like the, um, the resource that you all have. And she was like, now I have a whole different meaning of life. Because I stepped out of that comfort zone, and I, was a- and I was able to link the different types of resources. And she say, now I can live.
3: Yes. I've lived in Greensboro all this time. Uh, I came here in 1975, but I, we go to a different church. That was another thing I, I forgot to mention. We do what is called Pink Ribbon, and we visit different churches. So we've been to like 65 churches. I did not know all of these churches existed in Greensboro and High Point, and just mm-hmm. to go and visit um, has been eye opening and meeting such wonderful people, mm-hmm. and also learning about uh, the lack of resources for a lot of these churches. They will come up to me and ask me to examine their breasts, and I keep right. I'm not a physician, but they say I don't have a doctor. So then we know we know that there are gaps there. Mm-hmm. People That's who right. are falling through the cracks. They're not going to a doctor, so they're not when they feel something, they probably will not go in until much later, if ever.
1: But do you see the di all all these charges, but yet not enough resources. That doesn't make sense. And it's sad. Yes, it is. It is. But um That's how we connect to a lot
3: of women, though, uh, by going to the churches. In fact, we have our first pink ribbon since COVID, Mm -hmm. October uh, 23rd, which is next Sunday. We're going to Calvary Baptist Church in High Point. Good job. And when we go there, we give out information. We talk to the women. We make sure that they know that we will pay for their mammograms if they don't have insurance. Uh, It is a good way to connect with them to see what their needs are. Yes.
2: And it's it's we take for granted the impact that it has with someone who looks like me that says, hey, hey, this isn't this isn't something that is in a textbook that someone like a, a medical provider is just um, maybe assuming that you have or throwing on you and not having the time of day or the, the compassion this is someone who is reaching out to me, who looks like me, who speaks like me, who
1: smells like me, who talks like me, you know, all of those things. That I said, hey, <laughs> it does. It <laughs> means a lot. And then for you all to meet women where they are. And yeah. I, hear, I hear stability, consistency and stability. That's how you get people to connect with you. And also, uh,
3: Sisters Network 8 provides seminars that anybody can join. And they have a, and a wide array of, uh, array of topics. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, they even had about makeup application. You know, because a lot of women are concerned about that after they've been through treatment. And some of them don't, their eyebrows never come back. So, you know, they are interested. So um, we're trying to um, get the word out about those too, that anybody can log in and learn about these seminars. That was one thing that impressed me as well. When I learned that there was a Sisters Network chapter, at that time, there was a chapter in Charlotte, and they're trying to get reactivated in Charlotte, but the Charlotte lady in Charlotte called me, one in Durham, and they said, you know, no, when you're out of treatment, we're going to come back Greensboro and get you to go to uh, the African-American Breast Cancer Conference. I said, what? There is an African-American Breast Cancer Conference? Uh, Yes, and they were going to Chicago that year. And since that time, uh, I've been to several in Houston, um, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and Detroit. And they are wonderful to see all of these women. (laughs) It is really amazing. They're always so much fun, and I thoroughly enjoy Not in addition to getting the information about breast cancer. So this is another reason to hook up with Sisters Network. And, you know, you get a lot of perks that way. And thank you so much for bringing light to those,
2: those components that sometimes go by the wayside because um, as a society, we say, hey, don't worry about the physical components. But as an individual, yes, makeup matters, hair matter, and image matters, you know, how you project yourself into society, it matters. And Making sure that you're feeling comfortable with that, um, despite maybe some of the medical um, concerns that you do have. All of those things matter. And so kind of shining light on, hey, you can still do these tricks and these hacks, um, regardless of whether you've been through breast, breast cancer, you're a survivor of breast cancer. Um, that, that means something to a woman. That means something to a man. That means something to any and everybody because a lot of times we dismiss those types of ideas and those connotations, but they matter as for us as a human being, as human beings. So thank you so much for
3: shining light on that. Yes. Yes, that's true. So we have, uh, it has been a joy for me to be connected with this organization. It, like I said, the post traumatic growth for me is just learning what's out here in the community, where the most struggles are, and how we can address those struggles. That's, that's and that's okay. in the process, we are going to save some lives. That's, that's the end game. We're going to save some lives by doing this.
1: So, thank you so much, Miss North, for um, speaking to us today. But before we end, can you give us Your contact information, once again, for women that would like to reach out? Yes. They can call Sisters Network at
3: 336-272-0092. Again, that's 336-272-0092. And email, NC at sistersnetworkinc.org is the email.
1: Well, we want to thank you so much for joining us today. I am for sure the information that you have provided will save lives.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And we want to thank you once again. Wow. So you have a wonderful day. You too. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Okay. Have a good one. You too, ma'am. Thank
0: you so much for listening to Just Me Podcast. If you are seeking further one-on-one consultations, worksheets, and action steps from the ladies at Just Me Podcast, please review the monthly subscription packages starting at $9.99 at www.patreon.com That's backslash Me podcast and the number one. If you are seeking further one-on-one diagnoses, interventions, and treatment plans, please consider scheduling an appointment with an individual counselor at Journeys Counseling Center. Journeys can be reached at 336-294-1349. The mission of Just Me Podcast is to use authentic conversations to uplift one's mind, body, and soul. The goal of Just Me Podcast is to offer affordable education and insight to individuals who experience financial barriers to accessing individualized behavioral health support. With that being said, the information, including opinions, advice, and recommendations discussed in this podcast is intended for informational and educational purposes only. Such information is not intended to substitute the recommendations of your own licensed therapist or healthcare provider. Although we are licensed behavioral health professionals, we are not your licensed behavioral health professional. As a result, the advice mentioned on this podcast should not replace the recommendations offered by your own qualified health professional.